Welcome to the Post Show Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Sansadar. And we have Tom Hoke also in studio for the After Show Podcast. Patiently waiting. <laughs> Patiently waiting because someone doesn't know how to operate an elevator. <laughs> Patiently waiting. Thank you, guys. That's embarrassing. Welcome to the Post Show Podcast, Tom. Thanks for holding over for us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Tom, let me get your impression on the, the and I use the word loosely, uh, the leader of the free world here, uh, especially lately with how, in fact, uh, the way he uh, has disrespected uh, Sergeant LaDavid Johnson's family. Um, and I found it even more deplorable that uh, General Kelly decided to attack uh, Rep. Uh, Wilson as well, uh, and it's not well-deserved. Uh, what's your impressions on uh, how he handled it? I, <laughs> I I don't even know where to begin with this guy. Right. I mean, it is it is, you know, at the moment you think that we have sunk to a new low, he finds a new low, mm-hmm. and it just it just it's the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, there is something seriously wrong with this man. I, really, yeah, it he, is. He, he is. I, he, he he is wrong. He is. We want him out of our house. <laughs> no doubt. Right. We want Get out. out of people's houses. I, right. I envision someday, you know, the, the people around the country just flocking to Washington and just standing outside saying, "Get out! Get out! Get out of our house!" Don't you think that the uh, the primaries? These I was me. I tell Priya all the time, and she and I discuss it. I think that this primary election will be the biggest that I think we've seen in a long time. I think people are really out to show a message. I think At 2018 least when and 2020. When it comes to, you know, off, off, your elections. off your elections. No doubt. I think this is going to be one of I the biggest ones we've we'll ever seen. I don't think we'll ever see a 2016, you know, replica- replicated again. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I just, I, I really don't have a feel for how, if people are going to turn off or, or tune in. Then, really? Yeah, I just think that there are many people are just so... You know, disenchanted with the entire process. So um, I hope they aren't. But I, I, you know, I think there's another way to look at it that people feel like, oh my God, I voted last time I showed up, and this is what we got. But that's what we're kind of in, in, in flux with right now, especially in the city. And uh, I hear a lot of people talking about this mayoral election. Um, Good. There, th- but the youth, uh, black youth, don't feel uh, that there is a candidate other than the two. Let's keep it real. The two. Black candidates in the race are Al Flowers and the Kim Levy Pounds that represents them. So I think that it's it's it, and and I think that's because of the eroding relationship that's been happening over the last four years and longer. So I think that's going to be hard for any mayor to come in and um, know what to do to start again to rebuild these relationships because it's not good right now. Right, it's not good. So right. uh, I mean, again, how do you go about trying to? And uh, let a certain section of people know that you care about them. Show up. Word. The first thing you can do is show up and listen. Word. Mm -hmm. And then act. I mean, that's my formula. Mm -hmm. Word. See, again, we keep going back to the fact that I think that you plan on being a more attentive and productive. And hands-on. Hands-on, proactive. Because I think that that's the problem. We're so reactive, you know what I'm saying, instead of, you know what I'm saying? We need to be more proactive. And I think that that's where uh, Betsy Hodges lost her way. And um, I think when you, when you look at, when you, when you look at, when you look at crime, 
and let's just be specific because I know of Minneapolis alone. I haven't, I don't know what she intends on doing other than just giving money to those respective leaders in the community saying, okay, you handle it. Yeah. I, I don't think it can be that passive. I think exactly. you have to be much more engaged in what's going on. And it isn't just, I mean, when we think about, you know, some of the challenges we have in public safety, they're not limited to North Minneapolis. There's East Phillips that has huge challenges with the opioid epidemic that's going on oh, over there man. and yeah. what it's doing to the community. Yeah. So there are a lot of places where we need to look and make sure that we are working with the community to addressing the issues. And by the way, it goes back to what I was talking about, about the outcomes. And I said the strategies can be different in different neighborhoods, depending on what the issues are, but yeah. the outcome should be the same. So the, the the strategies in East Phillips may be very different than what they are in near north or mid north or far north. But the outcome should be the same. Everyone should live in a safe neighborhood and have a productive uh, relationship with the Minneapolis Police Department. And I think, too, that we've seen a, what politicians have chosen to done nowadays um, is throw money at a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. I mean, this is, you know, kind of that age old what story that you, you've you heard time again, you know, parents throw money at their kids to keep them quiet, keep them out of their <laughs> yeah. hair. You know, you, yeah. you put a TV in front of their toddlers <laughs> in order to, um, you know, keep them quiet so they can get stuff done at home. Um, is that necessarily a good thing? You know, we've seen that, you know, fast TV shows um, that, are, you know, go at a rapid pace uh, tend to uh, lead to child um, underdevelopment and uh, childhood education, um, et cetera. Um, you know, we've seen what happens when kids don't feel like they're loved or, you know, taken care of or paying attention to when parents just throw money at them. Um, I think that just shows that throwing money at a problem doesn't necessarily mean a solution. It just um, mm-hmm. yeah. staves off the problem for a little bit. What do we do uh, uh, before? And you should. Do you like football, too, Tom? I, don't tell me you're a Vikings fan, but. Do you like football? No, but my husband does. Does he? Is he a Vikings He's a fan? Texan. He's a Texan, so he watches college ball all what? the time. Okay. All the time. 2 a.m. in the morning, I get up, I'm like, what the heck are you doing? He says, I'm just watching a game. Look, I, <laughs> listen, full disclosure, I did not pay Tom any money to say that he didn't like Luther Vandross or that his husband is a Texan. I didn't I didn't pay him any money, okay? This is just, okay? Sure. He's trying to, but he is working on my vote over here, aren't you? okay? <laughs> Gosh. I, I, it's I, just, just happening. I'm almost <laughs> obligated now. Um, what do we do about, because uh, we're going to do our football pick suit, but what do we do about... Um, Education in Minneapolis. Right. Great question. That, so. to me, has, uh, uh, when we look at how segregated uh, Minneapolis is, Minnesota is, mm-hmm. and we look at how much money we spend per student, again, throwing uh, good money after bad, mm-hmm. and not getting the good results right. that we're supposed to. Right. Now, at least there's an uptick in some of the math and, and reading scores. It's like a, what, half a percent, a percent? I very mean, min, very minuscule. much. Right. Right. What do we do, Tom? So, um, well, you know, I'm a former teacher. I taught for Minneapolis Public Schools. What did you I, teach it? I've taught second through sixth grade. I've taught at Bethune. I've taught at Wilder. I've taught at Anderson. I, I said I did not pay this man <laughs> any money. I went to Anderson. You did? Yes. Okay. What years did you teach there real quick? Oh, God. I, I let me think. It was probably... 78, oh. 79. So, oh. yeah, it was I, be, no, before I, was, I went to law school. Oh, I was okay, a teacher. Okay. I was there in the in the 80s. No, yeah. no, my sister, you didn't, go, you didn't go there, did you? Oh, see? Oh, did you? What program were you in at, at Anderson? We were open kids, Tom. Open, okay, yeah. I, taught the open, I taught the open school. My mom had open kids. Yeah, no. So, yeah, yeah. so no, I, we I, were, really. I was good. I was good. But... 
but here's the deal with Minneapolis public schools right now is they're losing a lot of money yep. as kids leave the school district. You know, it's designed for 50,000 plus students and there's 38,000 now. So there aren't enough kids. And so we look at $33 million loss and last year we looked at a $20 million loss. So that's not sustainable. So here's what I think. First of all, I think we actually need to do some radical rethinking about how we educate kids. But short of that, I think we need to change up the value proposition for Minneapolis public schools because it's clearly not valuable. Not enough people are seeing this as a place they want to send their kids. So I think one of the things we could really do is engage our arts and culture community to just really infuse the school, all the schools in the school district with arts and culture. So if you are a parent and your kid goes to Minneapolis Public Schools, they are going to have arts every day in a whole lot of ways, whether it's being at the theaters or the walker or working with individual artists. But And the reason we can do one, we know that that works. We know that that improves academic performance mm -hmm. when kids have access to that kind of resource. But the other thing is that we can also be growing our arts economy in that way by employing more artists and more arts organizations. And they all run education programs right now. We just blow that up a little bit. And people say, well, how are you going to pay for it? And I'm like, well, I don't know. If we just lost $33 million <laughs> at Minneapolis Public Schools, I think there's a whole lot of money there that could be saved. And so I'm talking about a program that may be a few million dollars a year. I think there's money to be had there. So I really think we need to look at that so that we are beginning to actually figure out how we're going to engage kids and keep them engaged in school. Now, when we talked on, on, you know, er, earlier about, you know, high school, and I said I was not engaged, I was bored, I was just not present at all. It was mm -hmm. because it wasn't interesting to me. Yep. Okay. How many kids do you think that's happening to? So we, that happened to me. Yeah. I, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I got out. I did PSEO, and I got out of Dodge as fast as yeah. possible yeah. because, I mean, and a part of it was teachers didn't seem like they were engaged. Um, you know, they were easily distractible. I mean, I had one teacher give me a, a worksheet and then went and ordered twin uh, season tickets during our class. <laughs> I, I, and that's okay, me, that's bad. That's, that's, that's bad. <laughs> that's me being honest. Another professor, like, teacher, could you just mention her wedding? Totally would get off track for the entire hour. I mean, and that's, you know, stuff that you dealt with on a consistent basis. Yeah. You know, there was one teacher that I absolutely loved, and he taught AP U.S. history. And that's because he made it engaging and brought it to life. Right. And that's something that I appreciated. But right. as soon as sophomore year was over, I looked at every possible way to got, get out, and I did. Yeah. I think another uh, reason, too, that kids get disinterested, Tom, is because, again, they come, depending on the neighborhood that they come from, they can come from an impoverished neighborhood, yeah. and that makes a difference. So we got to, what you think, some kids use school for uh, their home or the lunch or the dinner. Right. And so this is stability. Stability. Yeah. Stability. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's important too, that, yeah. that that's not being addressed. So the other thing we need to do is we need to do everything we can. You know, my job as mayor is to do everything I can to deliver kids to school ready to learn. Because only when we do that can we hold the school accountable for actually teaching. But if schools are required to do everything else, you know, we have kids who, you know, live in unstable environments because the, because there's so much poverty, which is yep. a huge destabilizing yep. factor. Is, yeah, a huge yep. factor. Which is, I go back to the whole jobs thing that I was talking about and how that plays out into the stability of everyone's life when we have a stable household because there's enough money there. And I said people can make decisions about where and how they want to live. But also, we have we have that stable environment produces kids who are more ready to learn. Tom, you know what? Though I'm sorry. Yeah. A lot of the candidates give the lip service about jobs. Um, in fact, what companies would you bring into the city? So because we are we know that if people need jobs, 
Right. That's that's a great ploy. But what companies are you really dealing with that would bring real jobs to the community, and not those that would trickle down yeah. into the bad communities, but real jobs that are going to put in uh, going to put people to work in the community? Well, first and foremost, I don't know if it's a matter of bringing companies into communities as opposed to growing businesses there. And in order to be successful, we have got to make sure that everyone feels safe in their community because you cannot thrive in chaos. It just does not happen. So the first thing I do is focus on safety, and then we can actually grow businesses. There are some areas, by the way, that I've given some thought to. Food, health and wellness, and arts and culture. Those are three sectors where we could really grow good jobs, and I've got lots of examples about what's going on around the country. But we could be the Silicon Valley of food. We could be the north coast of arts and culture. We could be the global alley of health and wellness and med tech. I like your ideals. I really yes. do. And that would be interesting. I I really do bid you good luck. And, Thank you. Uh, yes. uh, trying to be mayor. Uh, I have a disclaimer to make uh -oh. because this is real. Keep it real radio. Keep it real radio. And last week we had a caller come in and correct me on Iran, the Iran deal and ISIS. And I just want to say that she was right. Yes. And that I am sorry because this is keep it real radio. That's and that real. means that I will say that when I'm wrong. Right. And I was wrong. Word. Word. And I was wrong last week. Absolutely. And I did not have a chance to correct that when we were live. So I'm doing that now and saying that I was wrong and that I am sorry. However, I do stand by my... Okay. Initial assessment Typical. that Iran is the number one state sponsor of Typical terrorism, and that is backed up by the secretary or the secretary of state's office. Tom, what's your husband's name? Mark. 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 Okay, so you pick a few. You pick uh, for Mark. Uh, we got game one. We got uh, Dallas Cowboys visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Who do you pick, Tom? Dallas. Uh, okay. I'm, <laughs> okay. Okay. I I just like this dude. I'm, I'm going Cowboys too. Priya. Dallas. Okay. 49ers are trash right now. I don't know, but you know what? It's going to be a tough game, and if we play down to the competition, we're going to lose if we if we do that because they they pulled Hoyer for some new dude. I can't even say his name, but he uh, he balled out uh, last week, and that's the reason why they almost won. Uh, second game, Ravens Vikings. I am Vikings. The the Ravens defense lead the league in takeaways. However, the offense is trash. It pains me, but I'm going to pick the Vikings. Vikings. Okay. All right, and then. A team after my own heart, the Patriots <laughs> or the Falcons? That's a great game. A rematch of Super Bowl 52? Or when, I'm sorry, 50, 50. I was going to say Patriots. The Patriots. Patriots. Oh, Tom, you're going to get a half a vote from me now. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Maybe I spoke too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I like this dude. I like this dude. I'm going Patriots too. I, well, yeah, because the, the, the offense of the. Um, the the Falcons is. I mean, I like Matt over. Ryan. I really do. They're slipping though. But he's slipping. Yeah. And, and I, I think he's just been too good for too well, long. Well, they're banged I'm, up. Uh, I'm just. He's been they're too good up, for too long. And the defense long. is not doing good, so you he's, know. He's been too good for too long. He's starting to slip now. And so is Tom Brady, but that hasn't stopped him from hoisting five Lombardi trophies. Yeah, but Tom Brady's Tom Brady and Bell Belichick is Belt. Bill Belichick. That is oh, a please. that is a team. That is a match made. In, oh, that is goodness. literally a match made in heaven. That you're not going to see a combination like that exist. That, you, won't, a, you won't. You won't. You won't see again. a coach and quarterback win five Super Bowls and go to seven together. That would never ever happen. I don't care how many times you cheat. Stupid Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to come on this show. Actually, you know what? I would like Eli Manning on this show if we ever got that. Well, big. you just ruined it. We were going to have him on for the Super Bowl, but then now you just yeah, ruined yeah. it. No, I want Kevin Hart on for the Super Bowl. You <laughs> know what? That would be, we'd give a whole hour to him. I won't, I won't say nothing. 
Yeah, no. I won't say nothing. Yeah, we'll just yeah. let it be Kevin Hardhour. One more time, Tom, tell us where, uh, where we can find you, all your information. Great. You can go to TomForMinneapolisSpelledOut.com. Tom, thank you so much. Good thank luck. And I want to thank everybody for coming back to us and listening to our post-show podcast. Next week, as I said again, I'll be in sunny Dallas. And I looked at, you know what? The weather for me next week is going to be like 80 degrees. Eh? And it's going to be like 40 here. Yeah, it's going to be in the 60s here. Do you want to pack me in your suitcase? You can come, but you're going to pay for that. You know how you got to pay for the extra load and all that for the... I'm going spirit, so you know you got to pay for that. If it was uh, uh, Southwest, you can fly for free. Huh. But you can't. No. So... Pack your 75 bucks. Got it. Yeah, or $100 now or something it is. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. This is why you fly with Delta. You only have to. Uh, no, I'm too. I can't. I'm po, You know, poor folks don't fly with Delta. $25 first oh. bag. Uh, no. Okay. See, we got to pay all these people now. <laughs> that is true. Here, here we go. Again, thank you guys. And thank Tom. And Tom, good luck. Thank you. Priya, I will talk to you next week from sunny Dallas. And uh, we'll have a post-show podcast as well. And uh, you'll be manning the fort by yourself. Yes, I will. Uh, you can hold it down. We hope. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Don't break anything like you did last time. That is true. I didn't break anything. We had to buy all new microphones. And, you know, yeah. the, the wild party you guys had in here. I could come back as a stand-in. You can. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, you guys, for Thank listening. You. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.